Keeping yourself motivated takes work. If you don't work out your body, you get fat. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast, your source for inspiration and motivation to achieve your goals, empowering you one word at a time. Umar Jang is an author and a blogger, and he will get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is Motivational Voice Podcast, and this is Umar Jang. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 18, and today we are going to talk about how to nail your job interview. Before we get started, I wanted to just level set and uh, confirm a couple of things. Job interviews are an opportunity for you to show that you are the right person for the job. The reason why employers have job interviews is that so that they can match up what they see on paper to the person that they have in front of them. They want to make sure that you are not some crazy person that's pretending to be someone that they're not. They want to make sure that you actually are someone that they can see themselves working with. So it's extremely important that you nail your first interview, that you give a good impression. If you get two interviews, the most important of the two interviews is the first one that you get because first impressions are everything. Clearly, if you show up at an interview and you present a certain personality that that disturbs or scares off the employer, you are not going to get the job. You could sabotage yourself out of a job just based on how you behave and what you do during that first interview. All right. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about tips and techniques of things that you can do to maximize your chances of landing the job or at the very least being one of the last two candidates standing. All right, okay, so let's start talking about some of the things that you want to do at the interview. Let's, at this stage, let's assume that you got the job interview, you got called, and you set up an interview, and you got past the, the phone screening if there is one. So what do you need to do when you have to go in for the actual interview? Now, the phone screening is something that is just a way for the recruiters to weed off some of the candidates that that raise some red flags. So the focus of this episode is on the actual sit-down interview. When you go in to talk to the panel of interview, or perhaps it's a single single person at the company so that they can actually ask you questions and get a feel for who you are. So we're going to share some tips about that. But it may be worth mentioning just to give you some additional tips. It's It may be worth mentioning that during the screening interview, you want to make sure that you are well-spoken on the phone. You want to make sure that you you are somewhat coherent and you somewhat make sense in terms of how you respond and how you present yourself. Because on the phone, that first call, that screening call, may prevent you from getting to the actual interview. So be careful how you 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 actually take that call and how you you talk to the to the recruiter on the phone what you want to do is if you feel like you are not prepared when you get that phone call make sure you tell them that you're going to call them back you know just ask them 
if it's not a good time for you and you are not prepared to answer some of the questions and it caught you completely off guard, let's say you are somewhere, you are at a wedding or you were distracted and your, your mind is not really into uh, an interview mindset, don't take that phone call or take the phone call, definitely take the phone call, but just find an excuse or tell them that you'll call them back so you can have five minutes to collect yourself and make sure that you are prepared and you know how to answer the question. Generally, that phone screening interview is just a way to, again, weed out some of the candidates. So if you, unless you do, you say something really concerning on the phone or you mumble or you stumble on the phone, you are likely not going to lose the opportunity to actually have the sit-down interview. But again, just a quick tip for what to think about in terms of that screening interview. Now let's talk about the actual sit-down interview, which is the purpose of this particular podcast. One of the first things that you want to do is you want to make sure that you actually practice. Never ever go into an interview without practicing first. Practicing makes your responses more natural and it's a great way to control your nerves because it makes you more confident. If you know what you're going to say in, a, in advance, if you prepare for and anticipate some of the questions that they may ask you, you will feel more confident and practicing will give you the opportunity to actually do that. Another tip that I'll give, which will be tip number two, is to be professional. I, I have seen candidates try to be funny during interviews, which turns out to kind of fall flat. They make a joke, the joke doesn't work very well, and they end up actually making the situation awkward. So be careful not to, to try to be funny. If you are nervous during the interview, a quick, trip, uh, a quick tip that I, I would give is when you walk into the interview, generally they will ask you to be courteous and to be nice. They will ask you if you need anything before they get started. If you are nervous, one, one trick you can use is you can ask for a glass of water or for a bottle of water. And you could just politely say, uh, can I have something to drink, please? Uh, can I have a glass of water or a bottle of water? My throat is a little dry. And that will give you time to actually collect yourself. And also having the bottle of water in front of you during the interview is a good way to maybe think about your answers. Uh, you have to do it tactfully. So if you have a bottle of water, and uh, uh, I have a bottle of water in front of me right now uh, for those who are listening to the to the podcast. And I'm actually I'm videotaping this particular episode, so I will post it on the on the Motivational Voice podcast uh, Facebook page, so you can see. So, but grab the bottle of water, just take a, a, a sip gently. And the time it takes that pause to take a sip and then close the bottle of water put the cap back on it and put it down on the table, allows you to think about what you want to say next. So that's a quick trip and it allows you to actually calm your nerves. So that's one way of doing it. Of course, you don't have to ask for a glass of water or a bottle of water if you are not nervous. Uh, even if you are nervous, there are other ways that you can calm your nerves is you can make a, a, a light joke if the, if the, if the situation is right. If, you, if there was a lot of traffic and you got there on time, but they may ask you something like, oh, did you get here okay? You could say, oh yeah, you could make a joke there. You could just talk about traffic very, very briefly. 
This is not a time to talk too much. Okay. So again, be professional. Don't make any jokes that are that are inappropriate or jokes that may not work. Use the what I would call the Goldilocks approach. Okay. Don't be too too loose. Okay. Meaning, don't you're not talking to friends. You're not talking to family. You're talking to professionals that are looking to hire you. You are trying to give your best impression possible. So be loose. Don't be too loose. Because if you are too loose, then that screams boredom. Being too loose is being all work and no no fun, no fun at all. So don't be too loose because that really, that could literally flag you to them as being boring and too strict. You know? And who wants to be around a boring co-worker or someone who, da- who just kind of focuses on work? They don't want to do anything else. So uh, I've had co-workers like that where, I mean, in any workplace, in any place I've worked at, you always have someone like that where when, the, when, the, when your co-workers are putting together some kind of uh, uh, di- uh, lunch out or some kind of event, they don't want to participate. They don't want to do anything. They just want to come in and do their jobs, which is fine. But then understand that you don't want to signal that during the interview if you are like that. So again, the Goldilocks approach. Don't be too loose. Don't be too scripted either or overly enthusiastic. Don't come in and sound like you are too scripted, meaning you're thinking about your responses and trying to nail the words that you practiced. You don't have to nail the words. You just have to understand the context around the question when you practice them. So don't be too scripted. And the way you can appear to be too scripted is you are trying to remember what you practiced. And don't do that. The, the, the idea of practicing is, is having a context and having an idea of how to respond, how what do you need to say to answer a question, not say exactly the words that you practiced, if, if that makes sense. So don't be too don't be overly enthusiastic in by that i mean don't show don't don't show don't show up in the interview and be too too excited about a job so that will show some desperation and it would it would border on on almost begging so be careful how excited you are about the job and sometimes when it's it's a good thing to say that you're excited about the job it's not a good thing to keep repeating it over and over during the interview and, you know, please hire me or if you hire me, if you hire me, don't say that too much. Just, you know, we will talk about additional tips that, that where we will address how to actually properly show that you're excited about the job because that's a good thing to be excited about the job and it's a good thing to show them that you are excited about the job. So, again, the... The uh, another thing is be somewhere in the middle. Strike a professional, yet amicable, and likable ad- attitude and demeanor. So be professional, be likable. You know, smile when when appropriate, and and certainly smile and laugh if if the situation calls for it. Uh, so know when to be professional and strict. Know when to smile and laugh because I've been in interviews on either side of the table as the interviewer and as the interviewee where the situation did call for people to smile and laugh, you know, for a fraction uh, of a second or for a few seconds or, or, you know, 20, 10, 20 seconds or so. Anyway, now the other piece is 
you absolutely need to to make sure that you don't talk negatively about any of your past co-workers or don't certainly don't backbite don't talk bad about anyone when you're doing the interview because that reflects negatively on who you are because remember they may be your next your future co-workers if you are talking badly about your past co-workers or your current co-workers they may be thinking well if this guy is interviewing for another job this is how he's going to talk about us to those employers so be careful not to make it about other people or not to come come across as being negative and talking badly or bad-mouthing others. The other tip is do your homework. So that's tip number three, which is do your homework. Be prepared to answer the standard questions that generally that are generally asked in interviews. Things like, where do you see yourself in five years? Or where do you see yourself in 10 years? Or tell us, about a time when your manager made a decision that you disagreed with and what did you do? So question, those are standard questions that come up and these are psychological, psychological questions that test your ability to, to deal with conflict and your ability to be, to be candid and honest when a situation arises. And what they're looking for when they ask you a question like that is that they are looking to see if when confronted by your supervisor or by a leader in your in the company, you will be willing to voice your opinion that the decision they're making is a negative decision or perhaps not a negative decision, but a decision that you don't agree with. However, you can tell them what you what the reason why you don't agree and tell them that you do support their decision to move forward as long as they've you've you made your voice, you made your your objection, if you will, be heard by them. So manager comes with a decision, you don't agree, you tell them why you don't agree, and always tie the why to to the betterment of the company, to the betterment of the project of what you're working on. I don't agree because if we take that approach, it's going to take us three months to actually implement that project. I don't agree because if we take that approach, it is going to be very very difficult for us to reach our goal i don't agree because you get the you get the idea i don't agree because there is a better way to do it and but if the decision is made to move forward with the 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 solution that you don't agree with go with it be a team player so don't don't be don't be the negative person that's going to oppose everything the supervisor said or a coworker says because they chose a different path to what you suggested. That's what that question is aiming to, to, to unearth, if you will, to see if you are a team player and if you are a person who voices their opinion to make sure that the best solution is chosen during a, a project. So that's what that question is looking to, to, to unearth. So make sure you practice those questions. And of course, make sure you you research be prepared to answer be prepared to to answer a question like what do you know about our company so do your homework to make sure that you know when the company is founded what the company does the, the basics you know, how many employees they have maybe or perhaps uh, if they are in more than one location what locations roughly you don't have to memorize everything but have some idea of 
what this company is, what they do, and how they operate at a high level. Because it's not, they don't expect you to know everything about the company, they, but they expect you to have done your homework so that you can actually answer some basic questions about the company. And it shows that you are taking the initiative to research them, to understand better what they do, so, so that when you come in the interview, they don't have to waste time explaining every single thing that they do. And the other point, this is point number four, tip number four, be concise and get to the point. This is extremely important. Answer questions under two to three minutes and get to the point. If you are answering a question, don't, don't circle about the question. Don't go the long way. Be concise, be direct, give enough detail, but not too much detail. Answer the question. Don't add stories that are irrelevant to the question. Make sure that every answer you give is very limited, very succinct, and very, very straightforward. This is an interview. They can ask you additional questions if they have to or if they need clarification on a question. And actually, the power in answering questions very succinctly is that it, it, it drives their curiosity to learn more or to want to know more so that they can ask you follow-up questions on the answers that you gave. But again, don't hold back. Make sure you give a clear, complete answer but be, be simple, be straightforward. So take off all the, the lean and the fat of, of your answer. Just keep the answer very lean and trim off all the side stories and don't go into, into side branches as you answer the question. So that's extremely important to keep in mind because generally during an interview, whether it's a half an hour interview, an hour interview, they have a, a, a strict, a specific set of questions they want to ask you. And if it's a panel, each of them takes a question or two or three, or they take turns. If you talk, if you, your answers are too long, they won't have enough time to get to all their questions. And what happens is towards the end of the interview, they will start rushing. And that's never a good way for you to to be able to show who you are. And, and the, the atmosphere... The way they feel if the interview is rushed towards the end, that that feeling of stress or that feeling of rush will impact unconsciously their decision or their perception of you. So be careful there. So again, it's super important to be concise and to be very, very straightforward. The worst thing you can do is to be perceived as someone who is too talkative. That's a dangerous label that will cost you, that could cost you the interview. And if you answer questions and you take too long, they are gonna say, well, this guy doesn't, well, two things, they're gonna say that you talk too much. The other thing is that they may say that you can't, you can't simplify a complex idea into a simple process and a simple answer. So that's why interviewing, being concise during your interview is important. Another thing is, Watch your body language. Show that you are engaged in and interested in, in the interview. And your posture, how you sit in that chair, whether you are kind of slouching or whether you are sitting straight with a straight posture, a smile, your jaw line kind of straight up, that says something about, about how you are, 
how you feel on the inside in terms of excitement. Someone who's excited, they're they're on the almost on their toes. They are they're sitting up. They're you know standing up and sitting up. Not to say to stand up in the interview, but in general, if someone is excited, they tend to be kind of jumping around and showing excitement. In the interview, when you're sitting down, keeping that posture, your body posture straight and looking up, making sure that you are may always making eye contact with the interviewers, the person asking the questions. That actually helps show how engaged you are in listening to what they have to say, but also how enthusiastic and excited you are about the job. And of course, make sure you smile. Smiling changes everything. And, you know, they say smiling is cheap. And when you frown, it takes, scientifically, it takes a ton of muscles to to frown. It only takes a handful of muscles to smile. And it doesn't cost you anything. You can't help but stay relaxed and positive, which boosts your confidence and makes you more articulate in your responses. And it also kills stress and nervousness. When you have a smile on your face, you can't help but just be happy. These are techniques of public speaking that, that I use. And when you when you have that mindset of, of smiling, it just does something to your brain that everything is going to be okay. And you find your confidence. And when you find your confidence, you are more eloquent. eloquent and you are more, more, more likable in a, in a way. And smiling is contagious. When you smile, they can't help but also kind of put a grin on their faces. Of course, don't don't force the smile. It's, it has to be natural, and don't you know don't overdo it as well. Don't smile the entire interview. Be serious when need be. So tie your mood to to the seriousness of the question, but stay positive. They are looking for the full package during the interview and comparing you to all the other candidates that came before you and all the candidates that will come after you. Every area that you nail gets you closer to being the perfect candidate in the recruiter's minds, in the interviewer's minds. The interview is not just one... The interview is just... Is not just one thing. It's a combination of a plethora of, of categories that you are being judged on. And some of the points that I touch here are some of those categories. And you have to make sure that you nail each and every one of those, those points that I talked about to maximize your chances of landing the job. So another point would be asking questions but not just asking questions because what I've seen in interviews is people ask questions because they were told you have to ask questions because otherwise that negatively shows, negatively reflects on on your level of interest in the job. That's not true. If you don't have any questions to ask, don't ask any questions. It's perfectly fine to say, you know, I've, I've researched the company very well. At this time, I don't have any questions. It's completely fine to say that. If you do have questions, of course, ask them. If you're certainly not sure that about what you'd, you'll be doing in the job, you can certainly ask that. And it's actually a good idea to ask questions, but specifically these questions that I'm going to give you, some of them are things like, things like, what do you feel the person who previously had this position did well? That is, of course, if someone, if you're replacing someone at that job, 
Now, knowing what questions to ask is super important. I have been, after I've been offered jobs, I've been, I have been told that the, some of the reasons why they offered me a job was because I asked questions that no one else asked. Very poignant questions, questions that were relevant for the interview that no one else thought to ask. And the question I just gave you, what do you feel the person who previously had this position did well? Is one of those questions. Another question is, what do you feel they could have done differently to help you with your overall goals? So that's a, a very important question. Another question is, are there certain certifications or ongoing education that I should be thinking about to bring this position up to a higher standard? So these are just a handful of questions that you can ask. These questions work well because it tells the employer that you ha you want to bring the best of yourself to the job. You want to grow with the company. In translation, I am going to quit. I am not going to go I'm not going to quit anytime soon because I am really going going to be invested in this job. That's why I'm asking you about what I can do to personally and professionally developed in this position, what I can do to work towards the goals of the company. So this, this shows engagement. It shows that you are in this for the long haul, even if you're not. Even if you end up staying with the company for three years or five years or less, less than that, it shows that you are really interested in the position. So there are other ways that you can show your interest and your enthusiasm in the position. These questions do all those things at the same time. Now, again, don't ask questions just for asking. I have been in interviews where people ask some genuinely silly questions. And it just, you could tell, and you know it, you couldn't tell that they were asking the question because, again, they were told to ask the question. So don't, and certainly things that you don't want to bring up in the interview is, this is another point, is don't bring up money you will have plenty of time to ask about money. So if you bring up money, that's a big, it's a huge red flag in interviews. So unless you are in some industry where that's okay to do, which I can't think of any, don't do that. So the when you ask about money, if you bring up money, which does happen sometimes, or if they bring up money, which does happen sometimes, I've been asked in interviews by the employer, what were you expecting in terms of salary? And that actually may come up in, in most interviews. That's not unusual. Then, and this is important, if you go back to the previous podcast episode that I did about how to, how to do a job search in, in terms of job search strategies, I talk about how you can research the job and figure out what salary range the job you applied for is going to be. So, and that's super important. So go back to episode, uh, I believe it's episode 17 on job strategies, job search strategies, and listen to what I said there in the interview uh, to help you figure out what the job, what the salary range would be. And of course, there's a good chance that you may know because if you have 10 years of experience in your field or 15 years of experience in your field, you know that with that much experience, you generally get paid between, this is a random number, between $90,000 to $150,000 or $200,000, depending on your job. 
you know, or it could be less, again, depending on your job. But then you know you have a good idea of how much you should be paid. So, so if they ask you, if you can, going back to the money issue, if they ask you what you're looking for in terms of salary range, give them a range and be careful. Make sure you research this well. Again, go back to episode 17 and listen to that. Be careful what you say and make sure that you're not overshooting asking too much. Make sure you're not asking too little either. Because this is, a, this is although you're not negotiating about money quite yet, that will happen when they offer you the job. This will set their baseline for how much they will offer you or they can negotiate with you. So do, do not not answer. Answer the question. Be honest. And tell them I'm looking for within this range. Okay. Generally, they will tell you right there that whether that's way too much or whether it's within the range that they're looking at. You know, the, the answers that I've gotten personally in the past have been, yeah, that's definitely within the range of what we're looking for. Yeah, that, that shouldn't be an issue. So that meant that I was in the right ballpark. Right. So when, when you do all these things, when, when you think about all these points that I talked about, employers will remember you. And most importantly, you are going to be on their top candidates list, which is what you're looking for. You, out of all the candidate pool, out of, out of all the candidates within the pool of candidates, you want to make sure that you are in the top five or top three candidates. Those are the candidates that get a first interview. So you want if you apply all these strategies and do them just like I said, and there are more things out there that you can do, of course, things like making sure that you dress appropriately. So you, your hair is well done or well cut if you are a man. You dress in a nice shirt, at the very least of nice dress shirt, dress pants, dress shoes. If you could wear a suit, perfect. And of course, again, depending on the job, there may be a job where it's with a startup and they are wearing t-shirts and even then you want to dress at, at the very least at the very least business casual so that's a nice shirt nice pants you know if you are a woman that's a nice dress you know hair well done you know, perhaps some very uh, nice earrings that are not noticeable just keep it simple you don't want to draw attention to things that are not important you want to draw attention on you the whole package in terms of your skills, your knowledge, your brains, not what you're wearing, but dress appropriately. You know, so for men, it never fails to, to you know, get a nice haircut the day before, come in fresh, wear a nice shirt, and again, suit if you can. Uh, but you know, that really helps because that, again, they're judging you on, on, they're trying to match up who you are, so the person, with what's on, on paper, your resume. So... You know, you want to walk out of the interview and be seen as, oh, the guy, the nice guy, the, the guy with the good questions, the guy who gave the great examples, the guy who was uh, nicely dressed, the guy, you know, who was smiling and making eye contact. And one final tip I'll give you. This is very few people do this. And, and I guess after the, the, the podcast airs, a lot of people will be doing it. I learned this from public speaking and Actually, you could say even even writing speeches or writing uh, stories. When you write a story, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. 
So most people do the beginning well. So they come in, they shake hands very well, and they present themselves. They do the middle well, which is answering the questions and giving examples based on the questions that they were asked. But they don't do the end very well. So you came in, you nailed the intro, you nailed the middle in the interview. Why don't you close the deal? Why don't you close it up? Now I know, you are, now you wanna know how to close it up, right? Here's how. You want an, a conclusion to the interview to, to kind of tie the whole thing in a nice bow, gift wrap it, if you will. You give a very short, brief summary of your interest in the job and you give a very short two-sentence speech as to why you are the best candidate. So an example of, of that is, and I've done this in in the past, in the past uh, two or three interviews that I've had. And so th this spans, uh, I want to say, six years or so. I've done that basically in the past six years. In the past uh, six years, I've had uh, two positions. Um, so anyway, so I've done this. And what it is, is you you give an ex you say something like, so the interview is over and then they will ask you, is there anything else you want to say before we make a hiring decision or something like that? So what you say at that point is you say, thank you very much for having me, you know, I am really interested in, in the job. And I want to say one, one final thing. I know that I won't be I, the first, I'm not, I know that I am not the first candidate to be interviewed and I will not be the last candidate that you will interview. And I'm sure there are many more candidates that are just as skilled and uh, as qualified as me. However, when I'm hired, I will be someone that you can trust, someone who has the experience, someone who who is very trustworthy. If you ask any of my previous employers or coworkers, they will tell you that I am someone who is trustworthy, respectful, professional, someone who always helps others professionally and personally, someone who actually will bring something new, something different to the job. Thank you very much for having me. So this was just an example of what you can say. So whatever that conclusion is, you need to wrap it up and and show another dimension beyond the paper, which is the resume, beyond the person, which is you, you know, just tie it up. That's something very different that, that most people don't do. So I hope that these tips have been helpful. So that's the last tip I wanted to share with you. Uh, I hope uh, you the best uh, on your next interview. And if you have any questions about this, if you are perhaps in a in a job market where things are done slightly differently or you just have additional questions or a, a specific situation that's 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 specific to you feel free to to ask me a question you can go to my website umarjeng.com on the left hand side you will see where it says uh, it says leave me a, a voicemail if you click on that you can ask me a question and i'll get the notification right away and i'll answer your question uh, either via email or i'll, I'll mention it in, on the air so anyway, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And again, don't forget to share the podcast. Go on iTunes and, and leave a review, an honest review and your thoughts. I, I, I like to see those. And of course, uh, I have a Facebook group for the podcast. And uh, I forgot to mention this previously. Uh, there is a, I have a, a group 
and it's a career and life coaching group that you can join for free. If you go on Facebook, just type in the search bar, career and life coaching, and my name will pop up. Ask to join the group, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you join the group. I'll authorize you right away. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I wish you the best in your job endeavors, in your job hunting, in your job interview strategies. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.